0: Episode of the walking with you podcast. I am your host Dina Adams and I am here today with the incredible Janine Bolin out of Colorado and I have to say I haven't known Janine very long, but when I first heard her voice, I knew instantly that I had heard her somewhere because we're both in Colorado and little did I know she was actually on the radio. Many times I've heard her voice. Um, Janine The few times I've gotten to meet her and be in a room with the greatness of this group of people that I'm a part of, there's always so much grace that comes out of her and there's this passion and love and grace and, and she will kindly tell you what will help you take the next step, what will help you keep moving forward from where you are. Because she is, she thinks and shows up in the world in a way very different than most people I know. And I don't know if that is because of that scientist part of her, or if it's that, you know, she's a mom to everybody and the sister and the, you know, let's have a great time and love life. And I'm not that way. I'm a very rigid, very, you know, very head down. I'm not I'm not like the jokester or have fun. I don't know how to have fun. My family will tell you that. I don't know how to, like, if it's up to me, there is none to be had because I don't understand that to me. Fun is like organizing and color coding and (laughs) all those things. My family's like, no, no, no. You want fun. You want intentionality. You want that side light. That's Janine all the way. So Janine, thank you so much for honoring us with being here today and sharing your Ooh, excuse me, sharing your story.
1: I am so thrilled to be here and thank you so much for inviting me because I wouldn't be here if you didn't invite me.
0: You are very welcome. So first I want to get started with you just sharing who you are, what you do, and who you serve in your business.
1: So as the lovely Dina had to say, what we're doing here is a walking with you kind of podcast. So I think the most important thing to know is I'm a human being on planet Earth, and I'm the third rock from this little tiny sun. And we are in the Milky Way galaxy. And that place is like the smallest type of galaxy humans even really look at is the Milky Way. When the Hubble telescope was first launched, I remember I cried. We were finally going to be able to see the stars in a way we'd never seen. And then it needed contacts. Remember they had to send up a second shuttle because the, the uh, telescope didn't work. And they sent up a man who was a neurosurgeon. This was a man who had studied medicine <laughs> and became an astronaut because he was the only one that had the calmness and peace of mind to be able to take huge gloves. I mean, gloves that are clunky people, and use surgical grade instruments to install small optical lenses into mankind's most expensive telescope. And he did it. And to this day, we still admire the pictures. Now, we've had a new telescope go up, and it's even better, and it's even bigger, and it's even more wonderful. But I will always honor the neurosurgeon, that helped us see the stars. And that's who I am. I'm an analytical biochemist. I used to make drugs for a living, legal ones. And no, there's no breaking bad in my basement. But I love the stars. So I deal in the microscopic and the practical and make sure that you see clearly. But I never lose sight of what truly brings us inspiration. And that's the awe. That is this galaxy.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I've never, ever had anyone explain one, introduce themselves the way you so eloquently did, or bring so much awe into something. I mean, I never knew that. Mm -hmm. It's not something you're really taught um, unless you really dig into things. So I, oh, that was just awesome. I feel (laughs) like I don't know what to say at this point. (laughs) Talk. I'm like, do I say anything? I don't know that I can bring, bring any kind of value to that conversation. I (laughs) failed every science (laughs) in school. I barely passed biology and I failed chemistry hard. I was like, no, not for math and science, not my cup of tea. (laughs) So when I hear people talk and there's so much passion behind it, it's very intriguing to me because it's, it makes it fun to hear their perspective. Um, but what I'd like to do is have you share a bit of your story that we all have a story of what we've had to overcome in order to be where we are. So when we look at Janine and we see 12 books, 91, 91 online courses, years of broadcasting. I don't even remember how many shows. i I don't remember how many shows you have done and produced all the things um, over the years. But there's story behind that, you know, being a mom and running business and having these deep passions. I think it's important for people to remember that the destination is not what we should be shooting for. It's enjoying the journey along the way and learning from what we have to, what our experiences are so we can grow and keep becoming who we're meant to become in this world. So I would love it to just give you the floor and let you share your story of overcoming some of the things that you've had to overcome, how you've overcome them to get to where you are today.
1: I think the best way to describe that is I don't take breathing for granted. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was an asthmatic because both of my parents were children of the fifties. And so they both smoked and my sister and I were both allergic to smoking, but they smoked in the house and they smoked unfiltered cigarettes because that's what you did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So no judgment to them on that, because I think if they actually knew the harm that they were causing, it would have devastated them because they were good parents. I mean, they were loving and kind. They just didn't know. And so, I always had these asthma attacks and they didn't go away until I went to college. And that's when I went, huh, who knew? Because we were ignorant because, you know, we don't need to go into the history of the cigarette industry, but we all know there was a lot of propaganda about how wonderful it was. So how could I be allergic to something as cigarette smoke or secondhand smoke? That wasn't, what? Mm. You know, that wasn't even a thing. (laughs) So, I don't take breathing for granted because I spent a lifetime learning how to breathe in a very toxic environment. And so I think the best thing I can share is that no matter what environment you're in, you can make choices on whether or not you suffer. Now, we're going to kind of go a little bit Buddhist here, but I was raised in Japan, and I had a Shaolin temple that was near our home. And my father was in the Navy, and my mother was a nurse. and so most of my upbringing was outside of the united states and so that shaolin temple taught me how to meditate but it was just like kung fu panda was even though that was set in china kung fu panda and i have something very much in common that is we both love those honey almond cookies (laughs) (laughs) i remember the first time i saw kung fu panda and i told my kids oh That's exactly why I held so still in meditation was because I wanted one of those. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a delightful uh, way that I learned to meditate. And it was very helpful to me because by calming myself down, I could actually, I learned how to open up my eustachian tubes, even though, you know, I was told there was nothing wrong with me. I was probably allergic to something in my environment, but Mm -hmm. Basically, the only medicine that was available to us at that time uh, was, um, uh, oh, I just lost the name of it. It tastes like grape grape flavored stuff, Um, Dimetap. That was the only thing we had. It It made you very sleepy. And so I didn't like taking that. So I learned to meditate so that I could physically, and that's when I learned I had a lot of control of my body. I didn't realize I had so much control over my body. Cause you know, you were told back in that time, you didn't have a lot of control over your body. You just had to deal with it. You're a human being on planet earth. Deal with it, deal with it, deal with it. Right. And so then the other one was in high school, I read this really amazing book by Frank Herbert called Dune. And I learned about the Benny Jeserets and how they could control the muscles of their body. And I think I used the, the, mantra that they had for fear and how fear was the mind killer. I don't know how many times, but I never got to meet Frank Herbert, but if I had ever met him, I would have thanked him for that because he kept me alive because I would calm my heart rate down and I would meditate anytime I started having asthma attacks because the only thing they had were inhalers that would wire me up so badly that I couldn't sit still and I was strung out or Mm -hmm. Dymatap. These were my options
0: <laughs> strung out or, or wiped out. You're, you know, in a coma.
1: Correct. So right? like, it's there you go. Awful. So to me, I do not take breathing for granted. That's such
0: an amazing story. I did not know that you spent most of that time growing up in Japan. That is something we have in common is our, my dad was also Navy. Um, but that was before I was around. So <laughs> I was about
1: ready to say Eastern theater or Western. Cause that was how they split it up. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, he was here. He was, um, off the, uh, out of California, mm-hmm. um, in the Navy and he was on a battleship. He was in Vietnam, all that kind of stuff, but that was all before I was born. So I, we never did the, you know, traveling to bases or anything like that. Um, So I've never had that experience, but I hear stories so much. And so that's one thing we have in common. Um, I love that you shared. And I think this is where it maybe makes us think a little bit. You say you don't take breathing for granted. And I think about all the things when you said that all the things we take for granted. Our vision. My grandmother had had macular degeneration. She lost her frontal vision. And while she was driving, it just finally went right. No more can't see. Wow. You realize what a gift it is. When you lose your voice, you realize, oh, I, it's so great to be able to speak and communicate to people or with COVID, a lot of us lost our taste and smell. I still, it comes and goes, it's on a wave now every three months, like clockwork, it gets really bad and then it gets somewhat better. It's never come back in full swing. And so I think about all the things we take for granted. And as we are working on building our businesses, as we are entrepreneurs, we are parents, we are spouses, we're living our life where, you know, like you said, you grew up in the, in the Buddhist faith and, you know. All the things that, all the rituals are all the, I shouldn't say rituals is probably a bad word to use, but like all the things that we do in our faith with the prayer and the meditation and all of the things that we devote our time to, how much of it we actually take for granted
1: until something happens. And all of a sudden it seems like
0: we now realize how important that thing was for us. And as you were talking about taking for granted you don't take for granted breathing. I think about what you do. If you weren't if, if you had not been able to work through and overcome the breathing to be able to do all the courses and to speak the way you do and run the podcast and do the broadcast on the radio, all of those things, none of those things would have been an option. Or they would have been extremely difficult. And you still probably, probably would have been able to do them, but maybe it would have been different.
1: And the same can be said of Michael Phelps. He has similar issue. Here we know this man as an incredible gold medal winner multiple, multiple, multiple times over in Mm -hmm. swimming. And he can only breathe 30% of what most normal people can breathe. And yet he overcame that too. So I I bring up Michael Phelps because when I heard about his breathing issue, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) when you have issues with breathing, which I don't anymore, but Mm -hmm. when you when you struggle with that at some point, you get to a point where you had to look death in the face multiple times I know Michael Phelps has. he doesn't talk about it but Mm -hmm. I'd love to have a little uh, conversation with him and say so how many times have you stared death in the face and he would Mm -hmm. look at me because anybody who's had any kind of breathing issues there are those nights where you would wake up and you are unable to breathe and so you just don't take it for granted and so that's one of those things where when you've had to stare death in the face you can make it a friend or you can make it an enemy in my case I made it a friend I was like, okay, well, if it's my time to go, then at least I want to see what's on the other side. And so I had several experiences that were very mystical, metaphysical, whatever you want to call it. And uh, and, and they weren't near-death experiences, like some people talk about NDEs. Mine were, I was struggling to breathe, and in order to distract myself, death would take me on trips. And when I would come back, I'd be wheezing and all that, but I would be breathing again. So I know there were many times where I probably had moments where the the body was inert, but it was because I also knew that uh, I wasn't done living yet. And so there are so many people on this planet that have had similar issues like I have. I know I am not a rarity. I know there are a lot of them. And I just wanted to let those wonderful people know that uh, I understand what you've been through, And I understand why you have a passion in your belly, and I understand why people look at you and they accuse you of really crazy things. Like they say that you're a high-functioning ADHD, or they say you're Mm -hmm. high-functioning autistic, or they say you're (laughs) high-functioning. High-functioning is that word, right? High-functioning, meaning, would you slow down and stop moving because you're making me tired just thinking about all the things that you do? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to let you know, I understand what drives you, and that is- Life is precious. yeah. Life is to be cherished, but we don't relax the way other people relax. It's kind of like the matrix where the old man says, I have a hard time sleeping. I figure I was asleep the first 18 years of my life. <laughs> I'm done sleeping. Same thing.
0: I really like that. I um, Our son had asthma. Our youngest son had asthma growing up, and it was devastating. And I felt so helpless watching him go through these bouts of coughing to the point that he would throw up because he couldn't breathe. And, you know, we did everything. We did all the things all the time. Um But it really changed so much for his world. And I didn't get asthma until I moved to Colorado and I just never adapted. Apparently I get what they call activity induced asthma, where my lungs just like, Nope, we're done. We're not doing this. It's not happening. Um, and so I can relate watching someone go through that versus going through it myself to the point of feeling like, Oh my gosh, I can't breathe. I don't know what to do. I've done everything. Um, and I think there's so many things in life that happen in our, in our environments based on the choices that we make that make us think I'm done. I don't have anything left in me. And so I, I know you have so much wisdom to share and I would really like, cause you mentioned it earlier, like we have a choice about our environment, right? We get to choose whether or not it fuels us or stops us. I am one of those people that when I come up against resistance, it is not something that fuels me at all. If it's, it debilitates me and shuts me down instantly. So to, but I am a very entrepreneurial spirit. I am full of love and optimism and passion. And so what's happening to me when this feeling comes over me that I can't do anymore and I feel debilitated and I hit this brick wall I don't get when a lot of people say, oh, that fire, that when people say I can't do it or when I come up against opposition, it just pushes me harder. It doesn't do that to me. It shuts me down. And I have to mentally climb through all of this to find an ounce of action for myself is where other people are like, okay, I'm going full speed ahead. And I'm like, where is this all coming from? And you talk about all of this and I would love for your perspective to share like, how do you, when you're coming up against all these environmental things that can stop us in our tracks, what are some tools or, or skill sets um, or coping mechanisms or whatever you want to call them that you've done in the past or that you currently use that help you keep moving forward when you get to those moments where you're like is you know here's a stuck point here's a brick wall here's a big massive boulder and i don't see a way around it
1: to harken back to the point of where i was talking about your environment you choose whether or not you want to suffer Is what i mean (laughs) the buddhist mindset is you choose whether or not you're going to suffer and if you're going to make everybody else around you suffer because you're in a toxic environment or not and so I like to use airports as an example because I travel quite a bit. And when they cancel a flight, I love looking at the different people and how they handle it. You have the ones that immediately get on the phone and start complaining up one side and down the other. And then you have the other people that were like, oh, good, I wanted to get to know you better anyway. And they take off and go grab a coffee (laughs) and get to know each other better and they take advantage of it. But when it comes up to a lot of resistance Please realize, thank goodness, for those competitive personalities. Competitive personalities go up against a boulder, go up against that brick wall, and go, I will scale you. They're the ones that make it to the top of Everest. They're the ones that achieve what others can't. And they're saluted, and they are honored, and they are rewarded for their hard work. But you and I made a choice. We were done with working hard. Remember? Remember? Just because we were trained that way doesn't mean, so we were done. So our personality type and our life journey is to make sure that as we move through that life, that we don't allow ourselves to suffer needlessly, Mm. right? And the way Mm. you suffer needlessly is by trying to control that which cannot be controlled, which means everyone on planet, like that's 8 billion others, that are floating around a planet. And that's just the humans, right? (laughs) Right. That's just humans. (laughs) That's just the humans. This planet is crawling with life, right? So how much control do you think you have of all that? You don't. So I highly recommend for those that when you meet up with resistance, go take a nap, go meditate, Go take a walk, get away. Because if you're meeting resistance, it means you're going down a path that's going to require work, hard work. Now, it's not the same as if you're trying to learn a musical instrument. There, it's not hard work, it's you're training yourself to do something you've never done before. So you realize you need practice. Practice is not work. Right. Right. Practice is I want to improve. I want to grow. I care to expand. I want my skill sets to be more. So that is not work. That's expansion. That's growth. But if you meet serious resistance and you have made a decision that you have decided, I am not a competitive personality, I would like to go with the flow of life, then that means there's only one thing in this world you have control over. That is you, your thoughts, and your emotions. So, congratulations. You've taken 8 billion humans and all that they control, and you have released the need to control that. And now you're down to three items. You can control your behavior, your thoughts, or your emotions.
0: See, and now we have a pause because Dean has taken notes. <laughs> And Janine's
1: a college professor. She used to teach math and physics, and she knows when to pause to let the students (laughs) catch up with their thoughts, because you're thinking faster than I'm speaking, and I always know that.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I I think about um, when you mentioned the airports, I can totally relate to that. I went out to um, I went out to go to my son's basic graduate basic training graduation, and we were flying out. We were all done. Didn't really. I didn't know anybody there, and our flights all get canceled. Really teeny tiny airport that actually closes at night. I don't understand that. We're in Colorado, so we have DIA. It doesn't ever close. Um, so I didn't understand the whole. The airport closes. I. Don't, I can't grasp that. But they said, we can get you a connecting flight in the morning. I'm like, but the connecting flight is after my flight in the next state over. So somehow I have to get there. Me and four strangers were talking, and one girl says, Well, I've got a car in the parking lot. We can drive to my mom's, get the bigger vehicle, and we can all drive up there to catch our connecting flight. (laughs) I love it. Mind you, I'm not an adventurous person. I don't do things like
1: this, but you did something like but that. I did you? something like that. I was like, <laughs> let's go, like, let's go.
0: So we're in this car and we end up in this, in this um, neighborhood. that's really fancy, really big houses. And we're like, we like, we were making, we were making jokes, but we were kind of a little serious. Like, uh, is she taking us to like, to our demise? <laughs> like. We have no idea what we got ourselves into. We pull up, you know, you drive down this long driveway to get to the house. So no one can hear you scream kind of thing. Like we were kind of panicking a little bit, but I mean, obviously I'm here, everything's fine, but it was just one of those things that, you know, we never know what the outcome is going to be. And if we aren't ever willing to, step outside of our comfort zone to do something to get us to the next place, to get us to the next step, to keep growing, we won't ever. And we will just as easily die sitting where we were as we would if we got in the car and left. Right? We have no idea what's going to happen. And it's not to say people should be reckless with their choices and being adventurous or anything like that. It's just to say that I was that person Or normally I would just, okay, I'll get a hotel room. I'll sit here and wait and I'll figure it out. Like, or, you know, let it all get figured out for me. I was never that person that would find a way to make it where I had to go. And that one night I did, and it was, we had such an amazing time, five strangers in a vehicle all night driving to get to where we needed to get to, to the next airport. So we could catch all of our flights out. And it was It was an experience that I wouldn't trade for anything, but speaks to choosing your environment and choosing what you do and don't allow to happen to you because you get to choose the actions you take beyond that. And I think it gave me a really good different perspective on my encouragement to others to choose so others aren't choosing for you. It was a great, ana- a great way to explain that. It just made me think
1: of that. Mm-hmm. And what I encourage people to understand is you make good choices. I, I don't know who told you you don't make good choices, but you make good choices. The challenge can be when you start calibrating yourself to bad choices you made in the past, to which I say, but you wouldn't make that same choice today, would you? And they go, oh, no, never. I'm like, therefore, you have made good choices. You have improved. You've gotten better. You're not that person that was 22 years old and decided to stick around the party, even though you saw somebody breaking out the drugs or, you know, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. nowadays, you know, you know, that that's a path of pain you don't want to go down so ergo you see somebody breaking out dollar bills and start rolling them up you're like i'm out right <laughs> you see the razor blades in the mirror start coming out so you're like okay we're done um <laughs> you walk out of those situations and so uh most people don't have to get to that extreme all right so just i i highly recommend to a lot of my students i say start writing down i make good choices I trust myself to make yeah. good choices. I live a life according to my design. I love the fact of how I feel right now. Right now, I feel content. Right now, I feel like I'm in control. And so you just you just have this conversation with yourself and you just state, Facts, and it's not emotional. You're not trying to do anything. You're just trying to bring yourself to what they call your center. You're coming to your center. You're coming to who and what you really are, and so that's one of my favorite things to do. First thing in the morning, after my feet hit the floor and I make the pot of coffee, uh, is I'm sitting there with my notebook, writing out, and I, I have a list of over 23 things that I write out. That's very, very blasé to most people, and that is, I trust myself to make good decisions. I love the way I feel right now. I love that feeling of right place, right time. I love how my life looks. I find my life to be delicious. I love this delicious knowing. I love the fact that I'm breathing. You know, it's so stupid. And and I know that a lot of people are already into this habit with the gratitude journal, but to me the gratitude journal never really set. Well, it didn't work uh, for me because I am so grateful for everything beyond breathing. Breathing's my baseline. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I'm grateful for everything over that. And, and so it didn't work well for me. So mm-hmm. I ended up coming up with the thing that, that is the exercise I just shared with you. And that is, it's very easy to lose confidence, like you said, when you're up against a lot of stuff. But please realize, um, what is the joke uh, the only one who's 100% confident are the psychopaths or sociopaths or something like that i am going to bungle you know bungle that joke but it's like the only people on the planet who are 100% confident are those we really don't want running around okay because we end up incarcerating them because they don't behave well so the fact oh, that that freaks you,
0: me out i've never heard that
1: oh oh wow okay No, go ahead. Continue. Just Just a little bit of human psychology, dear, if you think about it. (laughs) That is scary, though. The people that are 100% confident and truly believe are the ones that end up doing some pretty horrific things according to the rest of society. And so just realize that if you're struggling with confidence, I think you're growing, you're expanding, and you're being a contributing member to the human race thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I love that. I think that
0: it gives us something to think about where you said when you're saying all the things that you love every day, it's about fact. It's not a fake it till you make it. It's not all these things that we are told we need to tell ourselves to pump ourselves up because I don't, I don't like that. I, I do affirmations. I do speak life into myself. And I like what you said. I think that's something I'm going to add into what I already do because I tend to discount the things that I really love about my life. And I take them for granted because I never talk about them. I never share them, not even with myself. And I think that's something that is a, is a great thing to add into whatever our daily our daily things are for getting started with our day is what we love. It's amazing.
1: I love it. I love Human it. beings are so much more powerful than we ever give ourselves credit for. Mm. And so realize a lot of this self-help stuff that started in the 70s was in an effort to keep the momentum going from what the 60s taught us, which was we needed to be in control of our own lives. We needed that ability to be in that state of freedom. And so I'm very grateful for those 60s people who they didn't know what the freedom looked like. They didn't know how it should express itself. So what did they do? They refused to take baths. They refused to cut their hair. They were just rebelling at everything. And then in the 70s, you had the me generation. was <laughs> all about individualistic uh, mindsets. Mm. But then it kind of started to open up the way for self-awareness. And now that we are where we are now, What is fascinating to me is the fact that so many people are like, really, you're going to go to war now? Well, we all know this does not help anybody except the, you know, military industrial complex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how are we going, how are we going to move forward as humanity? And now that our economy is so globalized, you know, what happens to somebody in Taiwan? I can find out within two minutes. All I have to have is an internet connection. So I have friends now all over the world, like many other people after 2020. And when you start talking about war, you're like, wait a minute, my friend Joey's over there, right? Oh, and by the way, Joey doesn't look anything like me. And we both have two different types of jobs. But guess what? We're collaborating right now, and you're screwing this up. (laughs) (gasps) <gasps> it's a very different mm-hmm. world we live in and I love it I it is have a very different other way world.
0: that is true it's a very different world and I think it's almost feels on a daily basis it's ever changing so fast anymore than it used to so Janine thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and your insight and your greatness with us today I really appreciate your time
1: It's always a delight to be invited to be able to speak. And so I am honored to have this sacred space. Thank you very much for your time.
0: That was so amazing. Um, And I just realized, so I'll have to cut this into the podcast part. I was so, I just was so in awe listening to you. (laughs) Um, So Janine has shared a link below for those of you that want to get connected with her and learn more about her. Um, you can join her Friday, her open Friday coffee, which I have had the pleasure to attend. And it's a great space. Come in, get to know her, learn her community, her websites below, how you can connect with her is there. And if at any point you felt and believe like I did that Janine had so much greatness to share, Share this out with those in your world so you all can share her greatness together. And thank you so much for listening. There we go. Now I can finish up though. (laughs) I'm like, I always forget to do the ending because I get so intrigued with everything going on.
1: Before you go, because I know we're close on time, but I'll read you, this is for you. I'll read this for you, okay? Because you want to do something new and different. And so I'll record it for you. I trust myself to make good decisions. I will always be abundant. I'm living my best life. I am thankful for how I feel right now. I'm making good decisions. I'm thankful for who I am right now. I'm thankful for who I be. I'm thankful for my point of attraction. I'm thankful I know this stuff. I'm thankful for my inner being that is aware of me. I feel happy and I enjoy what I do. This is such a delicious life I am living. I really like this delicious knowing. I'm excited by what's going to unfold. I'm excited by the possibilities and the potentials. I love the feeling of receiving and being in alignment. I adore the trust people have in me. I love the feeling of right place, right time. I'm thankful for the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical health I have. I'm thankful for my thriving life. Attract, attract, attract. So you attract what you want and what you're thankful for. Yes, we do. Yes, so, we do. I just wanted to give you that since you wanted to. Uh, not all of those statements will be appropriate for you or your life. It won't be in harmony with where you're going, and that's not the point. The point is that's my stuff. But if any of those sentences can inspire you to create your own, I would love, I would love for you to be able to at one point share that back with me someday, and say, Hey, these are mine. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for, for being, being willing to share that with me. That really Mm -hmm. means a lot to me.
1: Yeah. Well, you're willing to improve. Are you kidding? Of course. I'm glad to share that with you.
0: Every day, every (laughs) second, like what did I do wrong and how do I do better? And you know, all the things it's, it's a craziness. I think it's an addiction.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So one last little bit, and that is you can't get it wrong. Did you know that? Has anyone ever told you that Mm -mm. you can't get it wrong? You can't get it wrong because you're breathing. As long as you're breathing, you're fine. And then when you're not breathing, you're done. So you can't get it wrong. That whole right, wrong thing. That's the ego. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that with you. Anyway, dear one, you you. take care of yourself and thank Thank you. you. And we will chat again very soon. I'm sure. Yes. Take
0: care. Thank you. bye. bye. Bye.